Welcome to Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC, and a place where leaders learn from leaders. Let's join today's episode. Hello, and welcome to our episode today for our Perspectives podcast brought to you by Essence Learning. I am Kenitra Kiki Heights, Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And I'm excited to have with me Camille and Wendy today to talk about allyship in the workplace. But before I jump into today's topic, I would love for Wendy and Camille to go ahead and introduce themselves to our audience. Wendy, would you like to start? Sure. I am Wendy Abels, and I am, first of all, very happy to be a part of this. And I come with about 30 years experience in human resources. And right now I'm the owner operator of WWA Consulting, and I work with small businesses to really uh, be an ally to them and just kind of help them get to where they need to be. Great. Thank you, Wendy, for joining us. Camille. Yes. Hi, I'm Camille Hamby, located in Arlington, Virginia. And I am, an, I am a leadership professional development coach, but I also do OD consulting and instructional design work. I spent about 22 years in the Department of Defense and with the Air Force. I'm just delighted to be here today. Great. I'm excited to have this conversation with you because you're both in fields that are really represented by minorities. Um, I know a lot of businesses um, focus on veterans in the workplace as well as small businesses. And it's, you know, part of what we call for our supplier diversity and have a direct impact on diversity. So I'm excited to have this conversation and hear your viewpoints on allyship in the workplace and why it's so important. Of course, we're just going to have a conversation and I want to start out by really Focusing on allyship, I know everyone has their own definition, but there are strategies that we can start to incorporate in our work culture and as leaders to really focus on allyship. We live in an environment where there's so many different minority groups, so many people who are um, we call our huge under, underrepresented groups as well that need someone at the forefront to stand behind them, to be supportive, to be um, really move forward and carry them through and actually get the organization to realize what those what allyship means and how the organization itself can be an ally, how you as a leader can be an ally, um, and how that leads into mentorship and coaching. So Camille and Wendy, I would love to hear what is allyship to you? And we'll just move the conversation from there. Okay. Um, well, when I thought about the word, of course, it's a, it's a new contemporary word, but it means some of the things that I am familiar with, you know, um, but it's really um, creating activism as a group, perhaps like-minded group, um, to move forward with any group that's marginalized or any area where support is needed. I think about um, just uh, a couple of sayings that we have in the community, each one reach one. And also, if you see something, not only say something, but do something. And so that kind of puts it in a nutshell for what I think it means. Yeah. Camille, what, what about you? What does allyship mean to you? Well, the see something, say something really stood out to me. I actually had that jotted down as uh, on my notes as well. But I think of the d- sponsor, champion. Those words mm-hmm. have actions behind it. And I think about in conversations we've been in, uh, you would, when it comes to mind, I talked about looking for mentors. And someone raised their hand and said, no, I don't need a mentor. I don't need someone to tell me words. I need someone to help take action on my behalf. I need a sponsor, I need a champion, someone who can, like I said, lift me up and bring me along, who's willing to invest in me. So those are the words that come to me. 
Yeah, those are really great, powerful words, right? When you talk about championship and um, taking action, right? Because when I think about allyship, I also think about what can I do? I always want to look at somebody and say, what can I do to help you? What do you need from me? What does that action look like? What What can we do? As leaders in organizations, what can we do to take that action from moving from a place of silence into I'm here to, like as you say, Camille, champion you? Well, I would say um, the first thing I would think of that comes to mind is the more you know. If Mm -hmm. you don't ask the questions, if you don't meet them where they are and say, what is it that I can do? Um, we can go out and try to do things or, you know, be actionable, but it may not be productive because we really don't know the space that we're operating in. We haven't asked those questions of those people that or those groups that need um, an ally. Simply having the conversation would kickstart uh, their being the ability to even do any type of action. Just talk to them, find out what it is that they need. I could not agree more like that education and awareness part is so big. And for me, it's I need to be educated and aware so I don't make assumptions, Exactly. especially when I'm dealing with the group that I myself don't hit those categories in. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's like to be uh, Latina in this country. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I can always go and learn and find out. So that awareness before you just jump in to creating action. I think that's so beneficial and, and stops you from making assumptions on what people really need. Exactly. And then, Ladies, Camille, I, can't, I can't, I think that's a great first step. If we're if we're writing out our, our, our steps, step one, ask questions, seek information, seek understanding. If you have an assumption, check it and maybe back up a little bit, slow down. I, I can't add to that, ladies. That's, that's wonderful. Yes, just yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't really do it without managing your biases, too, because <laughs> I know we we all have biases and, mm-hmm. and we all have our own perspectives on things, but we have to be able to manage it ourselves. And if, if I can add also, um, don't let your excitement about something overtake you being able to really be in a position to be an ally, because we can be so excited about something that we really want to help somebody. We really want to do this and, and just jump the gun and start doing things that really would have no value in that space. Um, So slowing it down a little bit and just really getting to know what we need to know. Well, if I may ask, you know, in the, in the realm of managing biases, step one is noticing their bias. What words of wisdom would you have for slowing down? And step one is noticing and realizing there's a bias there. I know I'm asking Mm. the question here to the room, but that's, that's, Step one. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a really good question yes. because I think we all have some preconceived notions in our head about a certain group. Um, maybe because of, we've heard a rumor or we're we're listening to a stereotype as well. I think we um, react sometimes with those biases in mind, and we need to just stop. Like when you said, slow down, stop the excitement, slow down, and actually think about your intentions behind it because allyship should be very intentional and you want to make sure that your intentions behind it are coming from the right place. Um, And, and it all goes back to that awareness. You're aware of yourself, you're aware of others and you're aware of this, of the situation. Yes. Yes. 
I appreciate that. So I think of the words like reevaluating, maybe even doing a little bit of unlearning, looking through different perspectives. What do I need to unlearn and see differently? That that pops in my mind. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Seeing things, seeing things from a different point of view mm-hmm. and a different perspective, I think that can really help you to understand yes, as well. Um, so why is this in, why is this important that we're talking about allyship and why does it matter? Um, Camille, I know you work with um, veterans and you work with women. And what are some of the things that you've seen that have really stood out to you as in why they need your support, your coaching, your help, your mentoring? What are some of those things that you've seen that really has hit you with this is why it's important and why it matters? Well, I just think of, you know, it's important to get, rep- I, I have to tell a story that comes to my mind uh, with a group I was working with to get lactation spaces in a particular organization. Why is this important? Yeah. Um, going in forward to the, to the, we were going and talk to the commander and explaining we needed to bring lactation spaces into the room for the moms. And the gentleman looked and he goes, but what are we going to do with the babies? It, it was literally... <laughs> He, he wanted to be an ally, I guess, I think, I don't think he meant not to be an ally. There was just such a lack of understanding of the needs, you know, and rather than him checking on the moms and saying, what does everyone need? We had to go in and pull forward and bring all the paperwork and bring all the regulations, bring all the case studies, you know, plan the event, show how we were going to get lactation spaces into here when it would have helped a lot to have a little lift up from the top and going, ladies, what do you need? How can I help? Um, yeah. It was. It, I don't. That's that's a story that pops to my mind. I'm not sure if it helps. It's just um, the burden is so heavy when you have to come forward and prove it, and then you're not even sure what you're up against. When you when we walked yeah. in the room, we didn't realize we were up against a leader that thought we were trying to bring babies into the workplace. We just <laughs> needed a lactation space. It was. It so it it, minim, it minimizes the burden when we have allies. There's where I'm going. That's what I would take. That's. That's uh, my story. <laughs> no, I I love I love that stuff. because it, I mean it's true. Sometimes people just don't know that don't you know they they right. don't have a clue, and now you have to educate other people <laughs> as well um, to understand that. And yeah, I person will never know what it's like to be a mother, but I do understand that there's certain needs that have to happen in the workplace um, for that too. So how do you get those incorporated as well? What about you, Wendy? Have you ever been in a position where you really thought, I've got to be an ally for this situation? Oh, um, many times, many times. Um, You know, very familiar situations in the workplace. Um, First of all, the absolute consideration of the diverse group of people that are in an organization is the first thing. Everyone is different. Their needs are different. Um, I had the opportunity to be an ally for a religious group in the organization that really needed uh, the organization to meet them in a certain place for them to be able to honor um, in a 24-hour work environment um, some of the things they needed. And it didn't take a lot to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, leadership just wasn't aware and really didn't have the education piece. So I had to kind of bridge the gap to really get them to hold the conversation, to ask those questions of, you know, why it was important. And in all actuality, it, it also opened up 
the opportunity to look at other groups that were feeling marginalized at the time. It started the conversations on a routine basis. People were able to come forth who didn't before because they didn't feel like they would be heard or that they would be, you know, that there would be any effort to kind of honor just a simple need that they may have. So uh, it's important to recognize it, see it, and yes. then act on it, even if it's no more than saying, hey, we need to have a conversation about this. You've got some people that really need support in this area. Because sometimes it's just letting others know because they don't know. It's not coming yes. from a place of I don't care or I'm not interested. It's coming from a place of the lack of knowledge. And yeah. So, yeah, it's mm -hmm. important to be there. Yeah, I, I cannot agree more. And I know um, with Essence Learning, one of the themes that has come out is tell your story. Um, and it's so crucial and important for people to really tell their story because that's how you learn. That's how everybody yes. else learns and how the organization learns. Like these are some of the I can recognize right now by the story you're telling me about your culture, your religion. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you have to hear what they needed. That really gives you an input of. Tell me your story so I can know how to fight for you, how to be right. an ally, how to champion you, like you had said earlier, um, um, Camille. Um, and that really does help with bringing that allyship to light. What about leader effectiveness with allyship? Right, because they're hearing these stories um, and they have, now we're working with groups who are underrepresented, you know, whether it's generational. I have, you know, one or two new Gen Zs on my group. I don't know how to give them what they need or, um, you know, when it comes to mind, um, also like the different religious groups, uh -huh. you know, mm -hmm. America is becoming like this stew of different religious groups that are happening as well. And then we have people transitioning out of the military and going into civilian life. Yes. And they're all working in the same place. How can leaders really be effective in using allyship? Well, you know, um, I was in an organization that we struggled with that and we had um, just a spectrum of diversity and age and background and experience and culture. Um, uh, Gen Z, oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know, so we had all this diversity. And so what we created in that space was we created diversity days where cultures could represent themselves, where people were open to come and share a space where they could talk, where they could bring in um, anything mm -hmm. from their culture that they wanted to be representative mm -hmm. of um, who they were, who they were authentically. And so we were able to incorporate that into the workspace and it really brought value. And the leaders really backed it, got into it, and started to educate themselves. And um, it created a safe space for everyone to connect, um, where they were even starting to be allies uh, for each other, the different uh, cultures, the different groups. So um, do something actionable that brings everyone together. Mm -hmm. um, that's what leaders can do, I really think. Yeah, and I love mm -hmm. that you use the word connect, mm -hmm. right? Because it's it's building that connection with, with the other person because they also have to connect with you. Absolutely. And accept you and your help in mm -hmm. being an ally as well. Mm -hmm. What about you, Wendy? Any tips for our, our leaders on how to build that bridge with allyship? What ran through my mind is what new questions do you need to add to your list? You know, maybe you had a any job you take on, any new employee you meet, any new organization 
organization you go into, right? You leaders, you walk in, you've got your 60, 90 day priority list. What new questions might you need to add to make sure you're thinking about everyone and considering everyone? Um, and just who's in my team? What do I know? What do I not know? Just adding more questions to your leadership. When you're assessing your, or when you're just getting your kind of getting your footing and assessing, what else should you ask before you start taking action? That's what I would add in. Yeah, great. I think those lists of questions are, mm-hmm. is important for allyship. It's also so that you're not walking in blindly yes. as well and to what the mission is and what is important and what's going on, because it could affect things like policies and systems and yes. and things that hit from an HR perspective. Maybe there's not the right benefit plan for an LGBTQIA mm-hmm. and someone on your team is asking for it mm-hmm. and they need it. So you want to make sure that you're asking the right questions, like you said, uh, Camille, writing those questions down and and really coming down to what needs to happen and what needs to be done. Um, Talking about from leaders brings up like a good question for me about, you know, we're doing this and you're in the organization, you have different people working for you. How important is it to have the heart to do it and to be empathetic in your actions towards allyship? Well, I think if you don't have the heart for it, I think that will be very visible. I believe that um, it won't come from an authentic place mm-hmm. and people will recognize that. And so we start by checking ourselves, absolutely checking ourselves and really even understanding our biases, knowing um, we may have some gaps that we need to fill in leadership to really be able to meet Um, the need of allyship in our organization. And so I think it's important that we really kind of check ourselves, know what gaps we need to fill for us to even be able to reach, you know, reach those uh, individuals in our organization. Flexibility. We have to Mm. understand that we have to be able to adapt. Yeah. We cannot go through doing the same thing and thinking we're going to get the same results. First of all, it's possibly a whole new group of people you know, that we've never, uh, that we've never connected to. They come from different backgrounds. So we've got to be flexible and we have to adapt. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I completely agree with that. That flexibility, the word stands, flexibility yes. <laughs> stands out to me because yes. there's so many dimensions of diversity mm-hmm. and it's so broad keep adding to it right and so as days go on and and things happen in the world it also that those diversity dimensions stretch into Mm -hmm. other things as well um what about you Camilla and speaking from the heart aspect of allyship well that empathy being willing to see from another's perspective what is your toolkit to allow you to try to see from another perspective step one and then when you do notice a gap, what are you going to do about it? You know, uh, seeing is one thing, but now what are we going to do? What are your options to learn, really learn, fill that knowledge gap? Where do you need to reach out? What questions do you need to ask? So what's, what's next? What will you do about that gap? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's great is that gap and that empathy part of it and just having the ability to understand someone else's emotions um, and why it's important to them. Cause I know that if you're on that other side, it's 
it's important to you and it can be the most important thing in the world. And go ahead, Camille. I just, I just, you said something, it hit me. Also, how can you use that heart and empathy to notice when maybe someone's nervous or afraid or uncomfortable? Absolutely. To tap yes. in and read the room. It kind of goes back to removing the burden. When you're in a leadership position, you have an opportunity to remove a barrier, a block, and a burden. If you're sensing, try. how can you tap into that intuition and notice body language, reading between the lines, that maybe someone has something to say, but they're not really sure how to say it. Maybe they're a little afraid. Maybe they've dealt with reprisals before. You don't know their story yet, but how can you invite that discussion and take it off of that person's shoulders? Yeah, I think that's great. You said an important word for me, which is uncomfortable. Yeah. A lot of our allies remain passive because they're uncomfortable mm -hmm. in situations. Do you have any tips for people who are looking to go into allyship as a leader or even as an individual? How do they get over that uncomfortableness? You know, I was just thinking about something. Um, sometimes we have to kind of get in our own way. We have to kind of go into the trenches, mm. go into those uncomfortable spots. Just take a deep breath and step into it. It, it may be um, something that we have to overcome, but we have to take risk. We have to be willing. That's where the heart comes in. We yes. have to be willing to take that risk, to go into the trenches, to maybe have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. If you notice that there's some body language, it may not be in that group setting that you need to bring it up, but you need to be able to help bring that person out. That may mean just having a one-on-one -on -one conversation, just asking a question. You know, that list of questions that we have, this may be the opportunity to ask that one mm -hmm. question for that one person mm -hmm. that could bring them out to being part of a larger group. Um, so I really think it's important to do that. Yeah. And I guess, I think for me, it would be uncomfortable is hard. And we're usually afraid of something. Mm -hmm. What are you afraid of? What story are you telling yourself? And yeah. just, you know, just checking that and see if you can move it out of your way. You know, when you, when you find yourself hesitating from jumping in into being that ally to having, if it feels scary, why, what makes it scary? Mm -hmm. And seeing if that checking your own heart, your own gut, is that enough to, move it out of the way and find the courage you need to get in there and get a little uncomfortable. Courage. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That that's a that's a huge word. Yes. Courage. I mean, I, just that feeling of walking into taking courage. I always think of like yes. the, the the cowardly lion who needs courage mm -hmm. and how hard it is to muster up that courage to fight for something that's not affecting you. Right. And Absolutely. now you have to take the courage to go and um, fight for someone else. Mm -hmm. And I think you said some important words too, Wendy, is taking risk. I wrote that down. Taking mm -hmm. risk and leads to that courage, building yes. up that courage yes. and, and having no fear mm -hmm. as well when you walk into those type of situations yes. also. Um, how do you mentor leaders that are in these situations where maybe they're hesitant to to take a risk 
or maybe they're hesitant, like you said, Camille, in the courage aspect, they don't have the courage, I'm uncomfortable. So instead of dealing with it as a leader, I'm just going to ignore it. And I'm going to ignore the needs of my employee. How do you, as leaders in, in the organization, I know you both coach and mentor, how do you coach your leaders to manage through those situations or, or to help themselves in those situations as well? You know, it's interesting. Um, you may find yourself having to have candid conversations with um, leaders, leader peers, but you have had to have already built a relationship. So it's mm -hmm. important for leaders to have those relationships where they connect. That's because if you're not able to connect across to your peers, that's going to create another gap that needs to be filled. So I think it's important to be able to, um, even the conversation may be uncomfortable for you, Facing your fears, like Camille said, why are you afraid? You know that this needs to happen. And it may just take you being the one to have this conversation with another leader that can open the floodgates to an open-minded um, culture or to a more inclusive culture mm. where that creates the allyship. So um, kind of have those conversations leader to leader, peer to peer. Um, the same questions that you would ask someone else, ask that other leader. You'd be surprised mm -hmm. sometimes uh, just allowing them to really speak, allowing them to really talk about their fears or their apprehensions yes. can really help to, you know, help those be squashed a little bit. Just allowing them to speak in a space that they feel safe in connecting with mm -hmm. someone that they feel they can trust that they, you know, it's a peer. They feel like they can really, you know, so have those conversations. Yeah, creating safe spaces mm -hmm. for individuals who need allyship. Yes. So important, so important to have those safe spaces. That's where trust comes from. If people feel unsafe, they're not going to have those conversations with you. They're not going to say a word. They're yes, <laughs> they're, they're really not. And they're not going to, they're going to ignore, you know, the problems. Maybe there's some bullying going on, some workplace harassment, mm -hmm. and they're not going to say anything about it because I just don't feel safe. Right. I don't have a trusting workplace. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to call attention to that mm -hmm. because safe spaces and allyship is so important. Absolutely. So, so important. Camille, how about you? Mm -hmm. How What coaching advice do you give um, to your leaders? Well, back to that safe space. We also have to make a safe space for our leaders to process. Sometimes it's a, they're, they're also digesting and processing change. And maybe they've got some things to say out loud they need to hear themselves say. It's not going to feel good. So holding that safe space as their coach, as a mentor, to let them maybe say, just process, right? Get it out. One of the other questions I like to ask is, how would you like others to experience you? Mm. And spend yeah. some time with that question. I've never had anyone say, I want them to experience me as someone who doesn't care about their needs and who's not approachable. And, and you know, when we get into how do you want, when you, when you walk out of the room, what do you hope people feel and say? And how do you hope they experience you? And taking some time to write and talk that out and then talk about what actions need to adjust to get you to this space. That, that's one of the questions I'm able to use to shake this loose a little bit sometimes. Yeah, great. I, I think that's all, that. so valuable, uh, that especially that, that heart check 
for for the leader itself, sometimes you have to take a step back and and like it hit hard with me. And I could think of so many things, uh, Camille, when you said maybe you have some stuff to say out loud uh, to yourself first, right? And we talked about managing biases when we started, so it's kind of come full right. circle. Right. Um, maybe you do have some biases, and you need to say that stuff out loud, and then say, "Hold on, I didn't know that I felt this way about it as well." So I think those questions are all great for leaders who are looking to to be allies. Uh, and hopefully I feel like allyship in a workplace can trickle down to the employees as well, that they themselves, maybe you're not in a leadership position, but you yourself can be um, an ally. I know a lot of um, uh, organizations have employee resource groups now yes. that are dedicated to different diversity dimensions um, that are really struggling and, and want to have a voice uh, for the organization as well. So I know we're coming towards the end of our conversation, but I would be remiss to our audience if I did not offer them any kind of last tips or any kind of advice for how you begin the process of allyship in the workplace or why it's so important. So um, I would like for both of you to share your last minute tips and advice for those who are listening about allyship. Well, I think if it's if it's not a space that's already visible and tangible in a workspace, I think it's important to start with the conversation piece and educating yourself. Know the people that are there. The people of the organization is, is the most important resource. If that resource is stifled or not at its full potential, um, then you're gonna have other <laughs> issues yes. down the line. You know, you're not gonna get what you're looking for. Um, so really start educating yourself on the people. I used to uh, tell uh, the leaders in my organization that you need to be visible and you need to be out there having the simple conversations of how's your day? Hey, what's going on with you? You need to know that this person uh, is a single mom with three kids and one's getting ready to graduate from high school and she's feeling apprehensive about it. Yes. Um, you know, and you need to know this person, you know, has a dog that just died. You might not be able to touch every life, but when people see that you're able to touch lives, that, that doesn't mean workers, that means lives. Mm. You're building and you're connecting. That is the groundwork for allyship. I mean, that's just what I mean. Yes. It is the groundwork, that connection piece. Because when they see you connecting and that you are an ally for them, okay, then they will start being an ally for each other and creating yeah. those spaces where different diverse groups can feel comfortable with each other. And then they feel um, comfortable interchangeably, right? One group mm -hmm. feels comfortable with another group. And you just got a you know, full spectrum. So that's what I think. Great. Yes. Mm. So what, what keeps going through my mind is take time to hear people's stories. Because when we hear their stories, and this is very similar to what we just said, when we hear their stories, they're people. People become people. It's hard to, it, it's hard not to have that heart connection. And we take time to share stories. But then also, I would just encourage observing, listening, noticing. When you are the leader, you have a higher perspective in the organization. What can you see from where you are? What are you noticing? How can you look at things differently? And then what do you need to ask? Again, to keep us out of doing things because we, you know, oh, I, I think I know I've gotten assumption. <laughs> no. What are you noticing? The follow-up question to that, to check what you're noticing. Then what actions are on the other side of that? Right. Yes. 
Great advice. Thank you both so much. Um, I definitely want to reiterate the, the actionable part of allyship and taking action um, and doing those things. I know Essence Learning has been great at creating an environment for actionable allyship um, and also educating um, organizations on things such as diversity dimensions, generational differences mm -hmm. as well. Um, so you can always reach out to Essence Learning um, for more information on that and becoming an ally as well and how to maybe even if you're looking to start diversity programs in your organizations mm -hmm. um, or employing resource groups, you know, definitely reach out to EssenceLearning.net as well. So again, I'm Kenitra Kiki-Heights, thanking you all for your time today. And on behalf of Essence Learning with our Perspectives podcast, I leave you a good day. Thank you for joining Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC. Essence Learning is your solution to personal and professional development. We partner with our clients to develop a learning strategy that will increase productivity, enhance performance, and align with their purpose and goals. For more information visit us online at essencelearning.net or call us at 1-877-657-5755.